check one, two, one, two, check. Oh, one, two. <clears throat> Hi, folks. This is GOK uh, number 48 brought to you the week of our hack the month, <laughs> the month of, of May, May 15th, 2015. Hi, welcome back to me. Hi, I'm James. It's nice to meet you. And uh, I know it's been a while. I am recording today uh, because I haven't, you know, for a while. But I got an email from a guy, a listener, who I'm glad, I'm very, very glad reached out. I'm always glad to get emails like this. They're the kind of emails from fans who um, feel like they know me, you know, like you do when you've listened to someone for years and years. And this particular gentleman had, his name's Jonathan. And um, he says he's been listening ever since he was, uh, in his words, a uh, an idiot kid <laughs> through an idiot uh, teenage years. And now he claims as an idiot young adult, um, which is awesome. So I got an email from, from this guy. I've sent these emails before, and that's what I told him. Um, that, you know, congratulations for your, your bravery, because I've, uh, I've sent emails to people that I, you know, think the world of, and it's, it's a, uh, it's a gamble because you never know if they're going to read it. You never know if they're going to, if they do read it, are they going to respond? And if they do respond or if they don't respond, what does that mean? Do they think I'm crazy, creepy, whatever. But he, he wrote just to reach out and say, um, I, I feel for you basically, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, you will get better and do great things, you know? And, um, I, I always appreciate, you know, emails like that. They, they do help, you know, even though there's nothing anyone, including myself or my wife or my kids or anybody could do, it just had to run its course. And if you don't know, Go back and listen a few. I, I am a person recovering from a, a bout with severe major depression, anxiety, and bipolarism, and um, you know, am still on the on the way out from that. Still affected by it, not nearly uh, at all like it was for a for a very long time. Um. But this, you know, I, I, every now and then I get an email from somebody and, and it's good. It's good to get those. Uh, but one thing in particular that he said, um, I, I wanted to word this just right. I couldn't think of how to do it before. Um, it didn't, um, it didn't, uh, gosh, it sounds like I'm saying offensive. I, I, he said something in the email that struck a chord. How about that? That's what I that's what I want to say. And and it was a good chord because it was something that really brought up a whole lot of stuff. And the guy said in the email, John says, you know, if there's anything you want to talk about. <laughs> and usually, you know, I know that that is just them being kind. You know, how in the world would someone that doesn't truly know me, you know, and I don't truly know, be able to have a an in-depth conversation or whatever. But 
he did get a heck of a response. I think I sat there for two hours and and just kind of stream of consciousness. it. And and I told him at the end, don't 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 be shocked if you see this email become a GOK episode. So that's all the prequel to 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 that. And I will. I'll mention that sentence. I'll mention that sentence that he wrote. And it's and it's this. He wrote, "You're a really good guy." who wants to make the world a better place and you deserve to have everything go right for you. And that is like one of the nicest things somebody could say. But the reason the sentence stuck out to me is because it is something that I once held as a core belief inside of me that I, I believed that thing. And I think, you know, on the surface, you would say, well, that's a great thing to believe. You're, you're, you're doing good things. You're trying to live a good life. You're trying to make the world a better place. And so, therefore, you would deserve good things to go right for you. You know, that's part of the reason probably why my story is so darn interesting, at least to me, uh, because I wasn't doing anything that deserved to have my life knocked for a loop. I was a pastor, a children's pastor. I was successful. I was working. I was helping kids and families and my family and all this kind of stuff. And and then out of the blue, all of a sudden, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't stay awake. I couldn't go in. And when I did, I cried the whole time. And when I didn't, I hid. And when I couldn't, I, I, I faked it. And, you know, and then it eventually caught up to me to where I couldn't even go in and then I couldn't even do what the minimum that I was supposed to do. And then I just finally, um, uh, poor choice of words here, but I pulled the trigger on my job and, uh, and took the time off. I needed to get right, you know, and get well mentally and and physically and all that. So, well, mentally, (laughs) physically is too hard. Uh, so I believed that, though. I believed that because I was doing the will of God, because I was doing what I was supposed to do, because I was helping people, that, I mean, this is nothing that I would have admitted or even known that I believed. If you had pinned me to the wall, I would have probably said the exact opposite. But deep inside, and after after the junk hit me, I, I realized the reason why it took me for such a loop is because I believed I deserved everything to go right for me. I literally remember thinking, not realizing that I believe this, but still thinking, you know, there are things that happen to other people. Kids, you know, they, they, their, their children are sick or their families are dealing with issues or this and, and we've just never had to deal with those. Yes, we've had our problems, but we've never had anything, you know, horrible. And I believe my mind would have then filled in in an instant. Uh, I believe that's because, you know, it's in God's best interest to keep us, you know, where we're supposed to be. And, and, and again, there are millions of Christians all over the world that would stand right next to me and say, that is true. You deserve the best. Jesus, when you do things for him, he does things for you. And when you, you love God, he loves you back. And when you, you know, and all of those things sound great. They sell tons and tons of books and videos and conferences 
And it's this deal that we work out with God that, you know, if I do good stuff for God, God will do good stuff for me. And it's very American. Sounds great. It's an investment in your future. You know, uh, it, it sounds awesome. You're trying to make the world a better place, Jonathan wrote, and you deserve to have everything go right for you. And, and I, and I once, I once believed that. The problem came in when things started to go south. And when they did, um, I can, you know, it, it threw me for a loop, but I believed because I had this belief that, that I deserved everything to go right for me, that it would go right for me. And so I would have one of those stories, you know, yeah, God would let it go on and, and, and it, and it would be a dark time in my life, a dark night of the soul. If you will, I've been through, you know, had been through times like that before. And, and I knew God, you know, people say God is faithful and he will be there. Uh, late in the midnight hour, you know, at the last minute, God will come down and he will, uh, he will pick you up and he will, oh, uh, he will dust you off and he will, he will put your feet on solid ground. He, the foundation will not be shaken. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of that all over, all over church. And though I do, I do definitely believe in a God um, that does great things and does miracles. I believe in healing. I believe in all of these wonderful things. I also now believe in a God that does not heal at times and a God that does not do miracles at times. And I don't usually say this, but if you're a Christian out there and you do not believe in that God, then you owe it to yourself to investigate the possibilities because if you believe in a God that does things more than you believe in God, then you believe more in what he does than who he is. And I hope that made sense. When things started going dark, like I said, I believe God would swoop in at the last minute and fix it. Well, he didn't. And so afterwards, when I lost my job, I lost all my friends, lost my support uh, people and you know, well, I say lost. I, I more or less threw them away. I couldn't. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't handle anybody. It was just me and the bed and the pain and the mental anguish and the crying and the screaming and the in the the chest and the pain and the pressure and the self hatred and the loathing and the lies and all of the horrible things that just kept me in, in a in a wad in in my bedroom. Um, you know, I was left with the results of believing that I deserve to have everything go right for me. Because if I deserved it, then that means I am basing the results of my life. They are a reward for my behavior, right? You deserve to have everything right. Well, how do I deserve it? I deserve it because I'm wanting, I'm working back on a sentence here. I, I, I wanted to make the world a better place. That's the things that I'm doing. So that enables me and makes me set up to deserve everything right for you and replace that with anything. I'm serving God. I pray every day. I read my Bible. I'm holy. I don't screw around. I'm good to my kids. And therefore, I deserve to have everything go right for me. It will result in good things. It just makes sense. It's something that I've had in my head forever. And nothing could be further from the truth. 
Because if I deserve, if I base the results of my life on my behaviors and say that I deserve this, this is my reward, then when things go horrible, when crisis comes, when the dark times invade, when a loved one dies, when something you could do you no longer can, like see or hear or drive, when dementia steals away a loved one, when a pet gets run over, what did you do to make that happen? Oh, nothing. I, you know, I didn't do anything. I, that's just life. That's just life. But the problem is when you're in depression, for me anyway, when I was in those dark times, I still had that mindset. And suddenly this was the reward for everything that I had done. And it was, it doesn't make sense much now, and I don't expect anyone to understand it, but I'll just tell you the way it was. In that dark time, what it did is that that way of thinking went back in time, literally, and rewrote my history in my head. And it did two things. One of them is it, it went back and it made every single thing I did a failure. Even if it was wonderful, even if I saved some kid or did some wonderful thing, all of those things led me here. And so, therefore, the second thing came into play. The more wonderful those things were, the more oppressive uh, the Halloween alternative was in 2003, uh, the more great uh, the, the, the graduation ceremonies that we did and blah, blah, blah. The, 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 the more great those things were, the more damning they were to me because now I was absolutely incapable of any of those things. And all of those deeds judged me twice over. Both led me to this place of failure. Now, now is this true? Absolutely not. I can see that now. But when you're in the dark place, you can't, can't see that. Doesn't, it does, your brain don't work right. That's why... It's called a mental disorder, uh, but it's not a crazy thing. It's a, just a way of thinking and the way your brain is jacking with you thing. Well, anyway, obviously, if you were sitting next to me in that moment and I'm, I'm curled up on the bed and I'm telling you how I feel in that moment, that all those things led me here. I'm a failure. What did I do to deserve this? How could this have happened to me? You would have told me what is obvious to all of us is that this, this just happened. This just happened. This was going to happen from before you were born. This thing, this horrible thing that happened to you was going to happen. It has really nothing to do with your parenting skills or your husbandry skills. That's a different thing. I meant to say <laughs> your husband's skills. Husbandry, I think, is mating animals together. I don't really know how to do that. Um, something I might get into one day. Who knows? But um, it doesn't matter about what you've done or who you are. This is completely unrelated to that. You would say that to someone who got cancer. You would say that to someone who lost a child. You would tell them it's not what you've done or what you haven't done. It's just life. Life happens. And see, 
it sounds so basic, but it took me, maybe I'm just stupid and it took me this to figure that out. But I guess it's the, he's got the whole world in his hands song, you know, that whole thing from when you're four years old till now that if you believe that God's got you in his hand and he's a good God, that when something bad happens to you, it really screws you up. And I don't know. I I am not claiming to be a minister these days. And I am not um, claiming to be a great theologian. Um, I'm not claiming to be right. I'm just, I'm just putting this out there kind of on the off chance that there's someone either that's gone through what I've gone through and you're confused because you're saying, how could God allow this when I was doing that, when I was doing nothing wrong? And then the bad guys, they're doing great. How come I, this happened to me? You don't have to have any, any kind of tragedy is going to make somebody kind of go that way. My first funeral was for a little girl named Gina. She's eight years old. Her grandmother fell asleep driving a car and her, her, her three grandchildren, Gina being one of them were thrown from the car and three survived and little Gina did not. And man, oh man, my first funeral, if you don't think I wasn't asking that question harder than anybody else there. I mean, we were all asking why, why did this happen? Why does God let this happen? And I had a great sermon that maybe I'll tell you about someday. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Cause I, you know, I was defending God as if he needs it. I probably wouldn't preach it today, but I was saying, if we're going to ask, why did God do this? We have to ask what God did. And we have to ask Gina. And, um, and Gina would say, he brought me home. And Gina would say, you, uh, you're, I'm not, you're not where I want to be. She would say, ah, I'm where you want to be. So it, it really softened it up a little bit. You know, it made you really realize in the, uh, the eye of eternity that, you know, somebody passing on going to heaven, no big, um, but what I would probably say now, and I don't know, I haven't thought this part through. I didn't know I was going to bring up Gina. Um, as I would say, it happened because Gina's grandma fell asleep at the wheel. You know? What do they say? Somebody trips and falls down, hurts themselves. Two old ladies sitting up on a stoop. And one says, that that was the devil. devil did that to him. Because he has been, uh, you know, living for God, doing good stuff, and the devil hates it. And then the other old lady, she says, that was God that did that because he's been doing bad. And God is punishing him and judging him. And you could go any way with that. You know. But the, the reality was he didn't tie his shoelaces. It had nothing to do with, with spirituality. Okay. So back to my situation, my darkest day, what I finally came, because I had to ask that question. Here was the thing I, I told Jonathan in the, in the email is when I was in that dark place and all of my, like I said, all my, uh, my life had led me to this thing. So, so all those things were rewritten as failures. 
um, all those great successes were were uh, uh, judging me and ho- and pushing me down and showing me what I wasn't anymore. Um, also in there, uh, when I could stand to think about God at all, the concept, the the idea, the whole thing um, was, you know, how come God let this happen? You know, and and if He loves me, why didn't He let it happen? Why did He let it happen? Why didn't He stop it? You know, and it's funny because I've given this a lot of thought and, and this is a scalable thing. It should be because we only we only ask that question about really big, bad things when we stump our toe in the night, as I did last year and break your toe. Not once do you think, why did God let that happen? Um, when you get a, 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 you know, your tire goes flat on the side of the road and you're just, ah. And you just change it and you go on. Why did God? You don't think that way. You get food poisoning after saying your prayer over your food. You don't even think of it then. Why did God let this happen? Well, and then, you know, the, the, the flip side would have to be true as well. We don't say it when good things come along. You know, uh, there's a sale on the TV that you want, you know, or. Or, you know, you have an opportunity to pass an umbrella to some lady who needs one, you know. Why did God let that happen? You know, you don't you don't think that way. But logically, if you're going to apply it to big things that are bad, um, you should also apply it, be able to apply it to the little things that are bad. And And when you do apply it, you realize how ridiculous the whole question is in the first place because it's this. Life just happens. It does. And I'm not saying that there is a God up there. I'm not Ben Franklin, the deist that just believes that there's a God and that he doesn't do anything for us. I just, I honestly don't believe though that he is as micro. Yes, he knows the number of hairs on our head, but he's not braiding them. So I don't think he's as in, and it sounds terrible, but he's, he's as involved as we have been led or do and just have believed. It sounds good. It makes good songs. I'm a friend of God. It's in the Bible. I know. Um, well, no, I'm not. Uh, I think Moses was considered a friend of God and we've just applied that to us, but it, it, it makes, it makes a good uh, Christian statement and it sounds good, sells good, wins people over and all that kind of stuff. But, how, okay, if, if God allowed my suffering and yours, if he allowed it, and that's the part I had to face, I had to face that he did because he did, obviously it'll, he didn't, I don't, I never got to the point where I believe he did it to me, but if I believe God allowed what happened to me, then I had to find out if I could handle believing in a God that would allow what I was going through. And I told Jonathan in the email, my, I was progressing. I was, I was seeing a doctor. I was being prescribed medications that were just, I mean, some of them I was allergic to, some would have an effect and then I would, you know, get a resistance to, it was a, it was a long, slow, annoying, upsetting process. You'd get better. And, and then, um, 
the the you'd I, I'd get an allergy or I couldn't lift my arms. I mean, just stupid side effects, and I had to switch to another pill, and it would be two weeks before the new benefit or if it didn't work, uh, the, 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 the shortcomings would show themselves. So it was this horrible process every single time I'd be doing fine, doing better. And this was even before I lost my job. So I'm like, okay, everything's going to be great. And then the medicine would make my legs break out in a horrible rash. And then, oh man, that's the rash that's going to kill you. You're one in 50,000, blah, blah, blah. Oh, great. Awesome. Switch me to something else. Great. And then, you know, I'm horrible again. Um, so even though I was progressing, looking back from where I'm at now, it was so slow and so up and down that I literally believed and had to become okay with the idea, the possibility that this was going to last forever. What if it did? I didn't want to think that way, but I had to face it head on. What if it did? What if God did not change things? What if it never got better? What if this was my new reality? What if my family never got me back? And that's when you start thinking about ending it. Now, in my case, I had decided well before uh, that I was not going to do what my father did, and that is kill myself. That does not make me better than anyone that has. It just means that for some crazy reason, I was able to just focus on not making plans and following through with the idea of ending my life. There were many moments that I wished I had never been born, and that's probably pretty close to being suicidal. Um, and there were the times where I would, I was absolutely convinced that everyone in my life and my family, that I would be doing them a favor if I did not exist because I believed that I was hurting everyone around me, just not being what I was supposed to be. And the, the weird sucky thing is it's true. It is true. When you're, when you're, when you're depressed and you can't, be yourself it does affect those around you but not nearly as much as you think and and even if it does the response that you get from the people that you're hurting is not you suck you're hurting me it's i love you i want you to be better but see your your screwed up brain doesn't think of it that way it's just they hate you as you know as much as you hate yourself everything's horrible you know they don't know what's good for them why would they love you you know they can't you know and if they do they're just feeling sorry for you and and your kids don't need to see this uh but but see i grew up underneath a dude that made the wrong decision and um so i couldn't believe at all that suicide was even an option just couldn't it just wasn't in my reality and thank god uh in a weird screwed up way that um i had that example uh i'm sure if uh in some like i said sick twisted way he could he could you know uh know what i'm talking about he'd say yeah i'm glad i'm glad some good came out of my horrible decision so uh 
So it, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was going to last forever. I believed that it might. And many Christians, millions across the world, would say, James, that is a horrible attitude. That is an attitude of a lack of faith. God, if you believe he is for you, then you can never give up hope. You can never believe that things could last forever. And I would say that is crap. Because, my friends, my friends, my friends, um, it is really nice to say those things. It is really nice to say that when someone loses an arm, that one day you, you, God might just pop that thing right back on. But you know what? I've never seen it. Um, it's really nice to say when someone gets cancer, uh, stage three, to say God will heal you. Or if you're a little less brave, God can heal you. Um, and, and I would say God can, absolutely. Um, but to not allow that person to process what they're going through and allow them to face the reality. When someone loses, I know a lady that she miscarried three children in a row after having three healthy children, maybe even four. It was absolutely horrible. And one of them was late term and it was the last one and it was the miracle one and everybody believed it and it really shook a lot of people and a lot of people lost faith, but not her. And I still don't know how she did it. She's a much better Christian than I am. But all that to say, a lot of times, this life we are in, this world, this universe, doesn't spin our way. Bad things happen. And they are random. And sometimes they are brutal. And a lot of times they have absolutely nothing to do with the kind of person that you are. The Bible says that rain falls on the just and the unjust. Sun shines the same way. Rain can be good. Rain can be torrential and horrible and drown you. Bad things happen to good people, bad people, Christian, non-Christian, black, white, yellow, brown, red, everybody, purple people. And God does not stop it. Sounds weird, sounds wrong. But he doesn't. Because if he did, we'd never have any bad news. No one would ever die. No one would ever kill themselves. No dogs would ever run away. No diseases would ever come up. No, nobody would even get homesick. Life happens because... There is a whole bunch of us and we all make decisions and we all do things mostly selfish, mostly to avoid pain and hurt. And we make promises to ourselves, which dictates how we communicate and have relationships with spouses, with friends, with coworkers. So things we might not even realize we have done. And that's just the parts of our life that we can control. We are affected by so many other people's stuff. You know, the way other people drive may take someone from your life. The way somebody else drinks, parties, hugs, laughs, jokes, can choose who you marry, or at least influence. And in my case... What I came to 
is that the question wasn't, did God allow it? And if he did, what then? It was this. My problem, my depression problem, was not a spiritual issue. It wasn't. You say, yeah, what, man? You you got your father, you got father's son, or spirit, first of all. And then you got three parts of you. You are spirit, soul, and body. And so everything is connected. Everything is, is right in there together. Well, yeah, but when you cut your finger, how spiritual is that? Does it affect your spirit? I don't know. I don't think so. When you break your arm, how does that affect your spirit? Now, I've seen it the other way around. When somebody's spirit is sucky, when their heart's just dirty and nasty, you can almost see it on the outside. Um, and, and even when somebody's prideful and, and well-dressed and, and think they're all that, can't you kind of tell, you know, their inside kind of shine through the mask on the outside. So maybe it goes that way, but my depression was not a spiritual issue. It was this, and this is so true and so real. It was always going to happen. Like I said earlier, it was always going to happen. It was always coming. From the beginning of time, it was a, a set in motion from my great-grandfather to my grandfather, the genetic code that rewrote and rewrote and rewrote all the different people all the way down to my father. His name is Lewis. He had a screwed-up childhood and apparently had some chemical imbalances. They called it manic depressive back then, and they gave you a bunch of stuff that was basically like drugs like what you think of when you hear the word drugs, not medication. And it altered him, made him dumb, made him big and fat, made him all kind of screwed up. He was so bad that his his uh, second wife got him a trailer to live in when he was really, really bad off. I think that's horrible, but I wasn't there. So I don't know. Thank God my wife never sent me off. She should have, but dang. <sighs> So that was my dad, you know, and my mom, she was depressed. She dealt with it for a long time. Like for two years, she sat in her bed. It's just like you always knew where she was. And I didn't really understand it then. But man, I know what she was going through now. I know why. So when I say that my crap wasn't spiritual, please hear me. I'm saying it was genetic. It was just as genetic as my, you know, my weight gain, my easy weight gain, um, my hair color, uh, my my hair that I have kept. I'm not bald, you know. That's genetic. My feet size, my foot size, feet size, feet size, sizes, plurals on everything. You know, the way I look. Kind of like my mom, kind of like my dad. All that stuff was passed down genetically. And I wonder, you know, in my whole life, and you probably too, I've heard people talk about the curse and passed down from generation to generation. And they talk about generational curses. And they get together, some of the more spiritual of us, and we pray against them and we break them in the name of Jesus. And then we walk away and we wonder if anything's happened. Well, I kind of think maybe sort of kind of the curses are maybe a little more practical. Maybe they're attitudes. Maybe they're uh, patterns of behavior. And in some cases, maybe it's just genetic crap that comes down the pipe. I, you know, uh, 
So, so let me back up and say, did God do this to me? No. Did God allow it? Eh, I guess, but he allows every single thing. He allows things when they're quote unquote fair and when they are quote unquote unfair. He allows things that are good that you don't deserve. He allows things that are bad that you don't deserve. He allows all of it. Okay. Um, so I'm over that. And I hope you could be there, you know, too, because my problem wasn't a God problem. It was a genetics problem. You know, and it and it's things like telling children that God made you, you know, special. Now, I, I know the Bible says he knit you together in your mother's womb and all that kind of stuff. And I do believe in that. I do. I do. I do. But um, I believe he set that kind of into motion. I believe he knits together who you are. I think spirits, man, our, our hearts, who we are, you know. There's is so much what God has made. But aren't we also, you know, that would be, I, I guess they would call it nature. But in their nurture too, genetics, the way you're trained to think and all that kind of stuff. I guess my point was that we we put so much into people. I was, I had so much put into me about how good God was and how involved God was and how uh, protective he was and, and the angels and the, you know, everything was just going to be laid out and your, your, your path will be straight out before you. And the, 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 you'll go through the valley of the shadow of death, not death, but just a shadow and, you know, all this stuff. But that doesn't account for even the people in the Bible, the apostles, every freaking disciple, except for one, died a horrible, tragic martyr's death. Did they deserve that? No, they were the people that Jesus picked by hand. They hung out with them. He washed their stinking feet. And then they died horribly. Ugh. And, you know, you can say the thing about the apostles, the guys that would come on after him, too. Every, I mean, all of them over and over and over. Stephen, you know, Paul, Nile, you know, John, John the Baptist. Good Lord. He was, he was in jail while Jesus, the guy he opened the doors for, is roaming around the countryside, healing people and all this kind of stuff. And he's got to be like, dude, we're cousins. Um... I'm going to, you know, I was kind of standing up for you and, you know, morality and stuff. Now I'm in jail. Um, you know, and he even said, it. he's like, are you, are you the one? And, uh, and they came and brought the message and Jesus said, tell him what you've seen and heard that, the, you know, the deaf speak and the people are healed and all this kind of stuff. It's, uh, he was there. He was there. He was there, man. He, he, Jesus could have come to the door and touched the stones and they would have broke and he would have come walking out, you know? Uh, and then if you want to go another direction, Jesus himself hanging on the cross, looking up into heaven and having to ask that question, my God, my God, why have you forgotten, forsaken, turned your back on me? If God hadn't allowed his own son to die, to, to suffer, 
we wouldn't have the salvation that we have and all the misunderstandings that we have attached to our religion and our belief and our faith. So I hope you will at least understand. Maybe, again, maybe I'm the only one, but I think there's a lot of people that that when bad things happen to them, it just kills them because they can't get over the fact that they thought they were living a charm life. I What was I doing wrong? Could I have prayed more? Why did I get this disease? Could I have, you know, done more for this? Oh, give yourself a break. Give God a break. Life happens, and I've quit asking why, and I've started asking what. It's less about why it happened, and it's less of if it hadn't happened, what if, and all the what if games. I don't even play that mess because reality is what I got to deal with. I'm here. I'm now. And that's the thing. Who cares why it happened? What am I in the midst of it? That's really the question. Because as bad as I think I got it, my story, or as bad as I think I had it, my story of tragedy, my story of suffering pales in comparison to almost every other story I hear. I didn't lose anybody. I just lost my job and myself for a while and everything that was important to me. I kept my family, thank God. But see, there's people, you know, one car accident and boom, they're alone in the world. It's just like that. They went from a family of four to a family of one. What does that guy, what does that girl do? You got to, you got to do this. I, I, all I can do is put myself in that situation or, or in my situation. I can't put myself in theirs because I, I, can't, I can't judge that. I can't go there because that's dark. That's hard. But I can imagine and can, and I can say that in my situation, what I had to do was, was just say, who am I in the midst of it? And you can say that when things are good. When things are going good, who am I? Who am I being? Am I being someone that's taking advantage of this? Am I just living for me? Am I just taking what I got and reinvesting in my own happiness and well-being? Am I am I sharing my what God has created me to be with with the people around me? Am I am I making the universe a better place? And yes, I said universe. Are we are we just being people that are hating on other people or are we sharing the love of God? Are we judging other people when it's not our job? Are we just putting it out there that God loves you? And then when it's bad, times are bad. Are you being a butthole? Are you complaining? Are you being a jerkwad? You think you're entitled to bad behavior because things aren't going so well? See, that, 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 that swing swings both ways. Sometimes when things are going good, we act bad. Sometimes when things are going bad, we act better. Sometimes it's the other way around. Things are good, so I'm good. Things are bad, so I'm bad. That was me. I was good when it was good, and I was nothing when it was bad. Now, there's a period of time in horrible, horrible, dark depression where you can't do anything but just survive and stay alive. That's it, seriously. You can't think straight. You can't trust anything. It's just pain. 
it's anguish, it's horrible, and it feels like it's forever, and that's it. But when you're starting to come out of it and you start asking those hard questions, or you don't even ask them, they just come. They just come naturally to you as your brain starts to be able to think. It doesn't think well at first. It kind of thinks like crap. And this is what I've come to. Because my stuff was genetic. God didn't do it to me. And um, he's there. He's there. And just like the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you recall them, I've probably quoted them before because I love their story so much more than I ever did when I was a kid. He was going to be, they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace and they didn't know the end of their own story. As far as they knew, they were dying for their faith and they were okay with it. And um, here's what they said. They said, Oh King, we know our God is able to save us, but even if he does not, we will not bow. And that kind of summarizes the whole thing right there is that's how I believe. I believe in a God that could have changed things, but I believe also in a God that chooses not to. And that's, that's, I guess my whole point. Can I, and can you only believe in the God that is so darn good that is just so itchy, scratchy, you know, Santa Clausy, gonna be there at the last minute with the check that you needed for just the right amount? Or can you love a God and serve a God that withholds his hand? I'm okay with that, and here's why. And I probably said this in the last podcast, but that's okay comes back to what I deserve. You're a really good guy who wants to make the world a better place and you deserve to have everything go right for you. If there's anybody that applied to it, it was Jesus Christ. He didn't have everything go right for him to, to God's glory and to our benefit, but it didn't go very well for him. But here's the thing. I don't deserve what happened Um, I didn't deserve the life I had either. I didn't deserve, I don't deserve anything. If you want to go even take God completely out of it, who you are is just a random makeup of genetics and, and nature and nurture and in, in your talents and all that. Yeah. You might've worked on them and all this kind of stuff, but I'm sorry if you couldn't sing, you couldn't sing. You ain't going to learn how to sing unless you could kind of sing before you ain't going to learn how to draw very good. Um, unless you could, you know, just have a, a thing for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but even with the God thing, I believe that my talents were given to me. The Bible is very clear that some, he gives five, three, one. I don't deserve anything good or bad. And the one thing I didn't deserve the most was for God to come down and empty himself into the form of a man, be born of a virgin and raised and be annoyed. You know, basically I didn't, 
deserve to have the Son of God pay for my sin bill. And because he did, and he did that one thing, I have no claim on anything extra. I can't demand anything. Now, yes, I know the Bible says to... uh, to uh, 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 you know, uh, pray with all kind of prayers and requests, you know, to uh, uh, tell the Lord what you want, even though he knows what we ask of him. You know, it's very clear that God wants us to pray and to to come to him with our requests and things like that. But to demand or expect anything more than what I've already gotten, for me anyway, I'm I'm done with that and I'm good with what I got. And every single thing that is good in my life is a blessing. Every single thing. The parking space next to the Walmart. Did God do it? No. But is it a blessing? Yes. Why? Because I have life in my in my lungs. I've got air to breathe. I have a family to drive with. I got a car that is paid for. You know, I... I now again, I don't base my love for God on these things. I am enjoying them because I once took them for granted. I am enjoying them because I once could not enjoy them. That makes sense. Not being able to feel good is a horrible thing. Horrible thing. But Jesus died for me died for you and John 3:16 says it best obviously but because of what Jesus did and because of what God did through him or you know all that technology and our theology and all that stuff aside um I'm set I'm good I'm good so when depression comes on me and I realize it's genetic and I also accept the fact that God allowed this to happen. Um, I I look at what Christ did in the past, and I realize that a ticket to heaven, for lack of a better phrase is um, more than I deserved. And uh, anything above that is a privilege. Anything above that, well, anything at it is a privilege. Anything above it is bonus. So I'm good. I'm good. Keep slapping on the side of my head with this stick I have. And it keeps hitting my headphones. Sorry about that. So I, I I guess I'm kind of done. I, I feel like I haven't said half of uh, of what I meant to say, but I just know that when I'm when when if things go darker, if things go wrong all over again, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna lose faith. I'm gonna do all these things. I'm gonna lament which is just fine. There's a whole book dedicated to the stuff. I'm going to have a bad, bad time. But then I'm going to remember 
and I'm going to do what I've done very recently. And I've just, I've looked to God for purpose. And that's why we're going to St. Louis is when we looked around, I didn't pray. I didn't pray. See, I guess I'll add that in. It's changed my, the way I pray. Okay. We're taught, you know, pray all the time, pray without ceasing, which is absolutely impossible. How do you do that? I knew that when I was six years old. How do you pray when you're asleep? Well, I just pray in the spirit. No, you don't. You're dreaming about bullfrogs and Uncle Franklin. He was my uncle, not yours, but he was awesome. You can't pray all the time. What it means is pray without stopping, meaning don't give up praying. But anyway, in my case, you know, uh, like moving to St. Louis, before I'd have been like, oh, God, we're going where we want to move to St. Louis. Should we? Should we, Lord, give me a sign? We're going to do what we're going to do anyway because we're on timeline here, but we'd be really nice if we just had some confirmation from you. And then you're watching some commercial, and they mention St. Louis. <gasps> that's oh, That's my confirmation. I just need two more. I'm going to put a rag out on the backyard, and if it's wet, I'll know. And then your dog pees on. Oh, confirmation number two. Holy Lord, I'm going to St. Louis. And, and you could do that if you want to. But what I did, and I think I said this in the last podcast is we just looked around our our world where we were in our situation and we said where is god moving in our world in our universe and it was in st louis with our friend david and we're like we're gonna go join him there and never once did i pray should i go because you know what stuff like that you don't need to pray about my friend you don't need to pray about i don't i didn't you, you pray about stuff when you don't know God's will. But when you know God wants you to do something, it's just common sense. So, well, you know, I would have in the past prayed, Lord, please get us a good price for the house. Please get. Well, of course, I'm going to pray for get us a good price for the house. Of course. Of course, I'm going to pray. So now it's like, Lord, we're moving to St. Louis. Please Bless us as we go. I literally play, pray, pray with my kids every night. Lord, please help us to sell this house and find one in St. Louis. You know, dude, boom, right there. God, I've brought it to his attention. Um, I, you know, I'm not real specific, but again, um, it's at the end of the day, it's about am I open to God's will as it unfolds day by day, step by step in my life because I don't know what's coming. I didn't know depression was coming. And, and now that it's on the overside, um, there's some things I wish I could have done differently. I wish I could have uh, been a little bolder and 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 uh, or in my faith and not as at as uh, uh, just lax. I was just bad. I, I didn't do anything bad. I just lost it. I just couldn't handle it. I was not a pastor. I I didn't even claim to be a Christian. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. You know that kind of thing. The basics. Um, but I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do Christianity. And that's kind of what was so awesome about it is I guess I wouldn't change a thing because I realized how little my relationship with God had to do with me and about the things that I did and talk about deserving things. Hold on one second. Okay, sorry about that. My daughter had a bad dream, and she was knocking on the door, and it's uh, 11.30 at night, and it was scary. <laughs> so she was scared, and she scared me. 
Uh, but anyway, I don't know where I was. But um, all I want to know is, uh, oh, I realized how much of my relationship was God. And why wouldn't it be? Isn't he the one that reached the furthest? Isn't he the one that reached down into the depths and the guts and stupidness of what I was and, and picked me up? But but American Christianity gets to the point where we think we've got to earn and we've got to deserve and we've got to do these things. And, and it's so not about that. It's just about, it's actually about everything but you. It's about God. It's about what Jesus did for you. It's about what he says about you. And that's what I'm coming to learn. And I told Jonathan, I said, I'm probably, he's, he, he's an atheist, okay? He, he's a staunch atheist, actually. And I'm, I'm very jealous of, of his staunchness. I'm not a staunch anything. I, I actually had to look it up just to make sure. But uh, I, hats off to being staunch. Um, but I did tell him this, that I am probably less saved, quote unquote, um, than I've ever been in my life. I'm definitely less saved than I was before. Um, but yet I feel like I'm closer to God or understanding a little bit more of him than ever before. And what is that? What is that about? That's, that's a whole nother podcast. It's a whole nother idea. But I think that brings this to a close. I think an hour is long enough for anything. Uh, and I hope it was good for you. Please reach out with an email. Uh, a comment, you know, and let me know what you're thinking. Disagree with me? That's fine. Let's talk about it. I don't argue, okay? I don't fight, uh, but I like having discussions, mutual respected kind of things. And if you flatly are just trying to, you know, convince me that I'm stupid and moron and blah, 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 don't do that because I'm not going to do that to you. I I would never do that to you. Um, but if we y- you agree, you disagree, hey, hit me up. Be awesome. You're not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm at the point right now where I'm doing good. So um, it's going to be all right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, if nothing else, send me an email and just encourage me. There's a Christian word, but I mean it in the sense uh, that uh, encourage me to, to do more of these. To just tell me you're out there because I need to start podcasting again. I do. And um, things have been really, really good lately. They really have. But in, in a different kind of way. I, I've, I've been happier in the family stuff and, and jo- doing stuff around the house and getting involved and, and all this kind of stuff. But then my passions, the passions part of my life have kind of just bottomed out. Like I don't have any, I don't enjoy movies, video games, anything. I'm back to playing Minecraft like all the time. I, I actually probably just stopped yesterday. I finally got sick of it, but that's what I was doing earlier on, you know, like, cause I, I kind of think of it as a step back. Cause that's what one of the first things I started doing again was playing Minecraft. Um, after like two months of watching fail videos, uh, which I hate, I hate fail videos, but, um, anyway, if you, even if you just want to talk, uh, depression, if you want to, Ask me what's going on. Do that. I'm open. Um, if it's none of your business, I won't respond. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace.